Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Company's podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each episode showcases one of Davy's certified arborists sharing advice with everyone about caring for your trees and landscapes. We'll talk about everything from introduced pests, seasonal tree care, deer damage, how to make your trees thrive, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. I'm excited this week to talk to Travis Evans. He's a district manager for the Davy Tree Expert Company out of Santa Cruz, California. We're talking all about teaching kids the value of trees. And I have to assume, uh, Travis, that like me, you've been talking <laughs> with kids for a long time about trees and how important they are for us. Yeah, Doug, thanks for having me. We're, I've been talking about trees for uh you know, over 20 years, uh, second generation arborist. Uh, so been around trees, tree care my entire life. So it's uh, only natural to pass it on to the next generation. Well, that's interesting because you got it passed to you and now you're passing it on again. That's pretty cool. Uh, I, I just want to start right there. Talk about following your father's footsteps into trees. Yeah, it uh, started as a part-time job um, that evolved into, you know, a career. It, uh, you know, I saw it do well for my father and and our family, as well as uh, one of my uncles is in the tree care industry as well. And uh, I started to take uh, business classes at a local junior college and just for kicks, I took an arboriculture class and uh, was working for Davy Tree Surgery Company at the time uh, as a part-time job. And uh, once I realized that I could actually uh, get some formal education and use my my brain instead of my body for an entire career, it, uh, it really took off from there. And I've been now with Davy going on 20 years and it's been a wild ride. <laughs> so was your dad uh, teaching you about trees when you were a kid? Uh, yeah, uh, not only trees, but uh, the equipment and the process uh, of maintaining them. So uh, from plant health care to uh, some tree biology as well. So what do you think the best way to start with kids on, on just explaining to them how important trees are to the world? That's a great question. It's- an answer um but trees are definitely um such a vital part of our environment and you know from removing pollutants in the air to removing carbon dioxide to providing shelter and homes for many animals birds insects bats owls you know trees for for timber harvest for building our houses or tree forts, uh, you know, sheds and everything else. Um, they help keep us cool, uh, keeping air conditioning, you know, minimal. Um, so there's even, you know, providing food source for, you know, the, the orchard, the citrus trees or apple trees. Um, so there's a lot of different things that you know, impact us daily from trees. Well, you brought up uh, tree forts. Now, back in the dark ages, when I was a kid, everybody built a tree fort 
how do we look at that in the modern era? Is it okay to do? Is it safe? How do we do it? Or or how do you how do we thinking about that nowadays? Uh, coming from uh, an arborist standpoint, it's probably not ideal to have a tree fort uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, if you are going to go down that route, you definitely should be consulting with the local arborist uh, to assess whether the tree is, you know, secure and sturdy and safe enough to actually support the weight of a tree house. Um, you also need to be aware of what materials you're putting into the tree and how close they might be to the branches or the trunk. Uh, a lot of times people plant or uh, put material into trees, wood, that can often down the road basically not compensate for the growth and start to girdle, strangle the tree, injure it, and shorten the lifespan of it. Uh, in addition to, you know, the hardware and stuff that they're using to, you know, secure passing that lumber to to the tree. Um, if, if it's not well managed, uh, that fun fort, the tree house, can be a huge liability and a tragic, you know, ending. So definitely have a, a trained professional out to provide, you know, expert advice on whether it is the right tree and the right design for that particular tree. After uh, hearing that, I think clubhouse sounds better on the ground. You know, when I, when, Much I, better. when I think about it too, you know, back when I built a tree fort, we had no supervision. We didn't know what we were doing. We just climbed up there and made a actually uh, two floor tree house in the woods, which now seems pretty crazy. Crazy, but I bet it was fun. So uh, the world has changed, unfortunately. And, you know, we definitely got to be looking after our youth and uh, try to protect them from uh, the mistakes that we made as youth. Yeah. So, uh, tell me a little bit about your family. So uh, my wife, two kids, uh, reside in Scotts Valley, California, just out of uh, outside of Santa Cruz, California. Uh, I got a daughter who will be four next week and a son that's going to be seven in May. And definitely trying to, to share my knowledge with them, uh, you know, especially during COVID. We've had a lot more time to spend outdoors. Uh, my son and I are avid fishermen. Uh, my daughter is definitely uh, taking an interest in it as well. Uh, so when we go fishing, we actually you know, naturally we're outdoors and get around a lot of trees and try to take time to explain why a particular tree, you know, is such an important part of you know, that particular environment. Um, you know, whether we're in a ripe or more than likely in a riparian corridor and, uh, you know, sharing the value of that particular species with them. And sometimes they pay attention, sometimes they're interested, and other times they couldn't care care less. So, you know, I can see that, especially with the younger one, but the older one, does he understand uh, a little bit about what you do? And I, I'm kind of interested to, to see kind of the dichotomy between, you know, your dad with, with telling you about trees and then you telling your kids a, about trees. And eventually when they get older, they're going to, they're going to say, boy, my dad, he knew all there was to know about trees. 
hopefully uh, I can trick them into thinking that. So um, <laughs> our, our industry is evolving so much. We know less about trees and the human body. So what I'm telling them today might be totally wrong tomorrow. Um, so hopefully they think I'm uh, very knowledgeable on the matter uh, and not just passing a bunch of outdated uh, stuff. But uh, I, I think that they are taking to it uh, if I can deliver the message in, in a palatable way. So um, we'll see how it shapes them as they grow older, if it's something that they would want to be a third generation in or not. Um, you know, our, again, our industry is evolving so much that, you know, they don't necessarily have to use their body to have a long career, but they could. Um, you know, climbing techniques have evolved so much over the last decade, and now guys are able to spend a much longer portion of their life climbing safely and without extreme wear and tear on the body. So hopefully uh, it is maybe a career path that they, they look into and decide if it is something they are passionate about. Um, for me, I enjoy the fact that I get to change job sites almost every day uh, or multiple times a day. And keeping that constant change going is, is really a good thing for my body and mind. Um, and maybe that's something that will be of interest to them as well instead of uh, sitting at a cubicle and working on a computer. But uh, yeah, time will tell. Uh, do you get the question very often uh about people that might want to plant a tree for a new baby, for a, a new member of the family. I get that question a lot. And I, I try and dissuade people actually from doing that because, you know, if the tree makes it about five years, it's, it's, it's quite a disappointment. Is there, do you talk about that all with your client? We actually plant trees for beginning and end of life uh, situations. Um, we've worked on a number of projects where we're memorializing somebody, uh, you know, planting trees with ashes. And um, there's a lot of pressure as an arborist to, to make sure that, you know, we're helping guide our clients to the right tree. Uh, for us, uh, species selection is key uh, in these situations because, as you mentioned, you know, we're, it's such a disappointment if the tree does not survive. Um, you know, there's a lot of sentimental attachment to that particular species, or not the species, but that particular tree. And so we really try to, you know, listen to our clientele uh, and give them feedback that will help guide them in the direction to a tree that's going to be successful for their particular property, uh, for their, for the exact planting location that they are, you know, wanting to put it in. And sometimes that means that we're going to have to change, uh, you know, to a different species that might be more successful than what they initially envisioned. And sometimes it means we might have to put it in a different spot of the yard in order to uh, plant the species that they wanted. Um, and then we try to basically ensure that, you know, they know that they should be reaching out to an expert you know, annually after every severe weather event uh, or any major change in the tree so that we can help 
preserve the memory of you know that loved one or you know keep the tree that was planted in memory of uh you know their newborn you know alive and well so there's a lot of pressure but it's doable and that's why you know i do enjoy what i do because i can help you know positive and positively impact somebody's uh, garden hopefully so you know for a newborn um are there certain like tough species that, that comes to mind right off the bat? You know, I know there's a lot of variables in every location. Uh, you know, that's a big part of it, right tree for the right place. But just in general, do you start to think about, okay, let's see, they want a tree, but we better give them something tough because we want it to grow. For sure. So, um, you know, there's a lot of times people will ask us uh, you know, for a fruit tree, um, you know, in, in our particular area, we try to guide people to uh, two particular ones. Uh, one's citrus would be the Meyer lemon. Um, for the most part, very easy to grow in our, in our particular area. Um, a fig tree would also be another very easy tree to grow in our area. Uh, we try to dummy proof it if it's a tree that, you know, is going to be such an important uh, memory for somebody. Um, if they're looking for, you know, a non-fruiting species, then we try to go with more natives, uh, something that's going to naturally be growing here um, instead of trying to fight against the elements against it. So, um, you know, so for us, you know, two common natives are going to be the coast live oak and coastal redwood. So those two trees you know, unless we're right up on the ocean, those two trees typically will do very well um, with very uh, minimal effort to keep them looking good. Down the road, they're going to need some trimming, but, uh, you know, typically they don't need a bunch of plant health care to keep them alive and well. Well, so talking about natives and bringing that back around to kids, you know, if you were talking to a, a group of kids and you wanted them to know about natives, talk a little bit about the importance of natives, uh, you know, as a, a, an, a great tree to put in the landscape because it's from that general area, whether it's out in California or here in the East, you know, natives have become really popular. For sure. And I mean, for us in California, water consumption is, a very hot topic. Uh, wildfires is a very hot topic as well. Uh, so when we are planting natives, typically we are basically planting trees that are going to be low water use in our area, um, which is you know helpful for both of those uh, situations. Um, they're going to have typically less pest and disease issues than a non-native. Um, both are absolutely critical to having successful trees in your landscape. So you have the big redwoods out there, the, the majestic redwoods. Here in the east, I have a tree in my landscape, a dawn redwood, metasequoia. And uh, after I moved in here, I went out to that backyard, and it ends up, I didn't even think of this, a metasequoia or dawn redwood is a great-looking tree to climb. And so I looked up and saw my kid, my nine-year-old at the time, about uh, 50 feet up in the air. Um, again, something that I used to do as a kid, but 
you know, I I don't want to see my kid 50 feet up in the air on a good climbing tree because the way those branches are set up, it's it's basically a ladder to get up there. Uh, talk a little, little bit safety wise about that in this new era. So, uh, you know, if you're trying to avoid that, you know, educating your kids on why it's dangerous, but sometimes you have to to take matters into your own hands a little bit further. Uh, so sometimes elevating those lower limbs off the ground so that it's a little bit more challenging for the kids to actually get into the tree and start climbing it to begin with uh, might be the appropriate thing. That was the, that was the first job I did. <laughs> <laughs> and a Don Redwood actually happens to be my favorite, uh, you know, favorite uh, Redwood to begin with. It's very interesting in the sense that it's deciduous and we don't have that with you know, our coastal uh, redwood and our giant sequoias out here. So uh, very neat tree. Uh, but lifting uh, the lower canopy off the ground is typically a good practice when we're talking about fire safety. Uh, we're trying to reduce ladder fuels. So as a byproduct of that, you're keeping your kid from uh, having that opportunity to hop in that tree and, you know, be 50 plus feet off the ground before you know it without, you know, proper, you know, climbing harnesses. Um, you know, it is really fun if you can safely get your children up into a tree, um, you know, with the proper climbing gear and supervision, but it's really not, uh, it's not comforting if they're up in that tree without any sort of a yeah. harness, uh, you know, to keep them up there safely. Not comforting was the understatement of the year when I looked up and saw my kid up in that John Redwood, I'll tell you that. I'd imagine. Uh, you know, if, if you just had one message for for kids about trees and, and, and how important they are to our environment, what, what would it be? Well, that's a great question, Doug. Uh, if I was to think about it long and hard, I, I would say, you know, trees help us breathe. And, that's probably the most important thing about them. Well, Travis, that's a great way to, to end it. I really appreciate your time and all that great information. Keep those kids out of the trees, though, okay? I will. So, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I'm your host, Doug Oster. We have some great topics coming up for the podcast, small flowering trees, celebrating Arbor Day, hooray, and wait until you hear about the Davy Planting Project. We'll have some free seeds for you. Remember, on the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. <laughs>